Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kiseitzei. Parshas Kiseitzei, according to the Chinuch, has a distinction of containing the most mitzvos of any parsha. There are no less than 74 mitzvos, 27 positive and 47 restrictions. Among the different mitzvos in this parsha is that of a returning a lost object, Hashavas Aveda. Next, the mitzvah of Kvura Bikarka, which is to bury uh, someone in the ground and parenthetically as quickly as possible. The mitzvah of Shatnez, not to wear a garment of wool and linen, and this applies to men, women, and children, and it is a relatively easy mitzvah to fulfill, to have one's garments checked to make sure that there is not wool and linen together. Both the mitzvah of marriage is found in this parsha and divorce. It doesn't mean that there's a mitzvah to divorce your wife, but should a couple need to undergo a divorce, it is not sufficient to have a civil divorce, nor can one simply say, so long, it's been good to know you, but rather there has to be v'kosavlo, sefer krisos. As the Torah says, there is to be a written document. And finally, the parsha concludes with the mitzvah of blotting out the memory of Amalek. As an introduction to the mitzvah that I'd like to focus on this morning, namely, Lo Yovo Amoni Umoavi Bekal Hashem, that someone from the people of Amon and Moab, a male, even if they convert, they cannot marry into the Jewish people. So, by way of introduction to this uh, mitzvah, I'd like to ask a very basic question, namely, who is at the center of one's universe? What does that mean? This intriguing question has the most profound effect on one's life and one's destiny. The Chovos Halavovos reminds us that if one has Hashem at the center of their life, then what naturally follows is hakoras hatov, recognition and appreciation of all the good that he does on our behalf. His taking us out of Egypt is not just a monumental moment in Jewish history, but obligates us and provides us with the privilege to reciprocate to him we now owe him. The last verse in Sefer Tehillim, Kol Haneshama Tahalel Ka Haleluka, is to be understood not only that each individual praises Hashem, but we owe gratitude for each and every breath that we are fortunate to breathe. But if He, Hashem, is absent from the center of our universe, then man himself is there, 
that man can live a most arrogant lifestyle as everything is coming to him and he owes nothing to anybody. Now the Torah informs us that man was created in the image of God, which among other meanings is the ability to emulate his maker. And indeed, the 611th mitzvah of Olachto Bidrachav, man is commanded to emulate the nature of Hashem. Mahu Afatah, just as he, so too you. And therefore, in the beginning of creation, when all vegetation and herbage was created, but not yet sprouted, the Torah proceeds to tell us that V'chol Siach HaSodeh Terem Yebo'aretz V'chol Esef HaSodeh Terem Yitzmoch Why? Kilohim Tir Hashem Elokim HaLa'aretz V'odam Ayin Lavod Esa Adama Namely, the Torah says Hashem had not yet sent the rain upon the earth, for there was no man to work the soil. And Rashi quotes the Gemara Chulin in 60b that Hashem waited for man to realize the need and importance for rain, for vegetation to grow, and thus to appreciate rain. Hashem's first lesson to Adam Arishon was to be a makir tov, appreciative of the goods and services bestowed on one's behalf. And indeed, the Maharal in his good Aryeh adds on this Pasuk, it's forbidden to extend goodness to one who does not appreciate it. And therefore, based on this Maharal, one can derive a deeper meaning of the verse, Lo Tov, Heyos Heodom Levado. Towards the end of chapter 2 of Beratius, this means literally, it's not good that man be alone. But a deeper understanding is Lotov. He cannot be Tov, he cannot be good if he has no one for whom and to whom to extend goodness. And thus, throughout creation, when the Torah repeats, and says, Hashem saw that it was good. So the Ksava Kabbal explains, Hashem was not glowing and bragging in self-aggrandizement over his accomplishment, but rather Hashem saw that his creation could be shared and thus extend goodness to others, namely mankind. And indeed, we find that Hashem himself was Makir Tov to the twelve Nesim, the princes, on the occasion of the dedication of the Mishkan. Why was it necessary for the Torah to repeat the precise offering of each Nasi twelve times? The Torah could have stated it once. And the Ramban answers that it was Hashem's way of saying thank you, HaKoras HaTov, to each Nasi for not trying to outdo and exceed the offering of the previous day. They all conformed in modesty and extended dignity to each other. And Hashem thus responded in kind and showed HaKoras HaTov to each Nasi. And interestingly, the very opening word of the Torah, Beratius, the commentaries see not only 
answering the question of when, but why. Why did Hashem create the world? And Rashi says, because of Torah and because of Israel that are called Rashis. But the Medrash says also for Bikurim, the first fruit, Rashis Bikureyad Mascha. The mitzvah bringing the first fruits to the base of Migdash, accompanied by a paragraph of thanksgiving to Hashem. Now, interestingly, of all the mitzvahs of the Torah, why is Bikurim singled out for honorable mention that the world was created for Bikurim? And the answer, as many of our Musar teachers note, is to impress upon us, namely, from the first word of the Torah, the centrality of Hakoras Hatov, expressing thank you to Hashem. Now indeed, our very name Yehudim, commonly translated as Jews, in reality stems from Yehuda, whose birth was accompanied by Leah's appreciation of the kindness and generosity that was done to her. But the mission at the end of Brachos on Nun Dalit Omeralev teaches that one is to be Modeh be grateful and thankful for the past and pray with fervor for the future. Built into our very DNA is the obligation for ethical behavior, namely to humble man, to take note and realize that he could not do it alone. And therefore, he, he man, is to show gratitude for all that complement and assist his life. And thus, in this week's parsha, among the 74 mitzvos, is the prohibition of allowing a male member of Amon and Moab for marrying into the Jewish people. The Torah says, quote, because of the fact that they did not greet you with bread and water on the road when you were leaving Egypt, and because he hired against you, Bilam to curse you. Now, at first glance, this seems like a rather harsh response to their lack of hospitality. However, it goes much deeper on two levels. Firstly, these two nations are descendants of Lot, Avram's nephew, and the Torah says explicitly that when Hashem destroyed the cities of the plain of Sodom and Amorah, that Hashem remembered Avram, so he sent Lot from amidst the upheaval. And Rashi cites the Medrash that Hashem Hashem rewarded Lot for his silence in Egypt when Avram told the authorities that Sarah was his sister, and he, Lot, who knew the truth, did not contradict and betray his uncle. Hence, Hashem recognized the good that he had done and remembered him by saving him. The male descendants of Lot, who had the opportunity to be hospitable, to show Akoras Hatov to a nation, indeed a relative, that had been persecuted in Egypt, and they refused, this revealed a character flaw of such great significance that the Torah forbade our marrying these men. And in addition, note... Lot had the trait of keeping silent and had learned from his uncle, Hachnas as Orchim, hospitality. Yet his very progeny betrayed him on both accounts. Moab hired Bilam 
not to keep silent, but to curse the Jewish people, and Ammon was inhospitable. The trait of being makir tov, acknowledging the good performed on your behalf, leads, I believe, to a greater degree of happiness in your life. Perhaps this is so, as one lives without a sense of entitlement. And as Yaakov Avinu says, I am diminished and overwhelmed by all the kindnesses that He, Hashem, has done on my behalf. Thus, one is truly grateful for whatever comes their way. And moreover, Hakoras Hatov empowers. Note teaches Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, Zechat Sadik Levrocha in Sichos Musar, that Elioa Navi and Elisha, his disciple, both of whom performed the miracle of Trias HaMesim, resurrecting the dead. Why, asks Reb Chaim, didn't they revive their parents and or other loved ones? And he answers very sharply that they each, having been the recipient of generous hospitality, their great sense of gratitude, true Akoras Hatov, engaged them and enabled them to revive their respective young men. And therefore, may we, in the not-too-distant days of Aseris Yemei Tshuva, when we recited every Shmona Esrei, Sochreinu L'chaim, asking Hashem to remember us for life, because after all, we hope we have utilized the gift of life until now to serve you and your people, that we may ask for an extension of your beneficence. And finally, I feel I would be remiss if I did not conclude with the teaching of the Maral at the beginning of Gevuros Hashem, who notes, why is there no limitation to relating the story of the Exodus on the night of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? And he answers that when it comes to Akoras HaTov, there is no limit. It may be compared to you having eaten a sandwich for lunch. You not only say thank you to Hashem for the food in bracha number one, but you thank Hashem for Eretz Yisrael in bracha number two. You thank Hashem for the kingships of David and the Beis Hamikdash in bracha number three, and for His kindness for us in exile in bracha number four. The idea is once we start thanking Him, there is no stopping. And the same with true with Hallel, which is basically what it means to be a Jew. And so, my friends, the Gemara in Bava Kama, Tzadi Beis, Ahmed Beis teaches, Chamra Lamore, which means the wine belongs to the host. But yet you say thank you to the waiter. Why are you saying thank you to the waiter? A, it's not his. B, is being paid. But the answer is you have to train yourself to say thank you. Because if you're not going to say thank you, uh-oh, why should I say thank you to my parents? After all, I didn't ask them to have me. Why should I say thank you to my wife? After all, I give her the paycheck. And therefore, she gets whatever I give her. I enable her to get what she gets. Why should I be thankful to my teachers? They got paid for it. You can rationalize chas v'shalom away, any and all. And our tradition teaches us just the opposite. Be proud Jews. What does that mean? Be ever grateful 
and not just have it that gratefulness in your heart, but don't forget to articulate it to all around you. Shabbat Shalom to all.